On today's Lockdown Mavs, a big two-parter plus the emergency green room we did on the Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison presser. Lots of stuff, lots of thoughts, too many things to get into in one episode, so we're dropping two for you. This is part one. Watch it, listen to it right now on Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs Podcast. Hey, hey, Exciting time, and I think this is really going to be a great start to a new chapter. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator to Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the presser phenom, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It is a brand new day. A brand new chapter for the Dallas Mavericks. It was, uh, it was one. It was like let's take everything aside. It was so refreshing for us on a personal standpoint to yeah, be on the personal, floor again, yeah, to be in the lower bowl again, to talk among media, and you know we've got to make friends over the years covering the Mavs, and just to be there on the floor and be uh, there in person. We were all reminiscing on it. Um, of saying, man, it was the last time we were there was for the Nuggets game that Boban went crazy in uh, before everything shut down, and now we're back. We will get to the podcast, obviously, talk about the roster construction questions. We have a ton of clips. We have two parts, obviously, so we're going to take our time with a lot of these topics. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. To Isaac's point, about it being a really big deal to be back in person. I want to take that a little step further personally for myself. Uh, we try to let you in and open the door a little bit on our lives and let you know about us because we're hanging out with you daily. You listen to us five days a week, and so we want you to to know a little about us and to, to feel like we're friends and so that you know, you're comfortable to come up, with us, come up to us at games or if you see us or whatever. And so here's the thing. Uh, coming back for me was just an incredible, like, incredible moment to be back on that floor to to walk back into the AAC as a media member it has been three years the last media event that I covered in person was Lucas draft uh at that time I was working at an ad agency that was my full-time job lockdown maps wasn't my full-time job and uh my wife was a student teacher in college and I got fired it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life because we needed that job uh, it was the only job our family had then. Dang, we're going here right now. We're going. I, I'm, I told you. I'm gonna we got it. time, baby. I'm taking it a step. And Nick I'm, looked at me and said, well, Dallas, this is hello for the second time. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was a real moment of shame in my life. And I had to, we had to leave. Like, we ran out of options. Our cars were breaking down. Our student loans were piling up. It was just, it was... Uh, and it was it was awful. It was terrible. It was one of the worst moments of on my you know adult life. And so we had to leave. We had to go live with my you know my family in Florida. That's why I moved to Florida. It wasn't really my choice. It just kind of happened. It was uh, I was very blessed and lucky that I had family that had a place for me to go live uh, with you know my grandparents, and I'm thankful for all that. And so to come back and to be there, like to be on the floor for me, was like a level of redemption <laughs> in my personal life. And so. Uh, I just wanted to share that with you and know that 
Uh, keep persevering and keep pushing and keep trying different angles and different avenues. When I moved to Florida, I started doing video stuff. I started doing different things. I started to push the podcast more. We really start. I really started to, you know, try to do extra things with the podcast to try and grow it. And all that stuff really added up. And for me, it, it worked out. I got hired with Locked On full time. I'm back. I'm, you know, all that kind of stuff. My life has completely changed now. I know not everybody has those opportunities in those situations, but. Just if you're in a tough situation like that, or if you're feeling shame or upset from a, a decision that you made or a, a thing that happened to you or an embarrassment in your life like mine, uh, keep pushing. Like, just keep pushing through it and reach out to people. Uh, there were times when I was like just bawling on the floor and my dog would come over me and be the only like the only one there to comfort me. Uh, I recommend dogs highly <laughs> for people that are yes. dealing with uh, depression or anything like that. So anyway, I pulled back the curtain. I just wanted to let everybody in on my life a little bit. But you're back, baby. You're because back. Because I'm back. And this, like was a you never real, left. this was a real big moment for me. And so I just wanted to, to share that. But I, 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 I want I to add something real quick. Nick has, when Nick had to move, it was obviously a, a tough moment for him. But how he's covered this team, being so far away, it's not an easy thing to do and to maintain relationships here. And to see Nick back in action today in person, like, honestly, he never left, is a testament to his hard work. And this pod probably isn't where it is today. If you Maybe if you didn't move. It's like because you, right, yeah. you, you invested so much time into making this pod what it is. And now, you know, yeah, this pod is, it, it's crazy where it, it has come. So anyway, now we're just going to get all sentimental. And, <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about this new Mavs chapter. Man, there's a lot of stuff to get into. Obviously, we're going to split this into two parts. Like I said, they're both available right now for you on YouTube or on audio platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we're an audio podcast five days a week on any platform you want. If you're listening on the podcast five days a week on YouTube, Lockdown Mavs, go subscribe. There's about 5,000 of you that have subscribed. That's wild. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, okay. Roster construction, that's a big bucket that we're going to talk about. Jason Kidd as a coach, his growth as a coach, that was a big thing. Jason Kidd's personal history, his past, all that stuff, that's another big thing. And then we'll just share random thoughts and stuff. Those are the big topics that we're going to get into uh, and just sprinkle stuff in along the way. But let's talk about you know walking in. We talked about how it was for us. It's the first in-person media event since... That Denver game, when Boban yeah. went off, like you said, that's, that's absolutely insane that how long it's been. But uh, we walked in, and I think there's a couple things that matter when because a lot of people just saw it on TV. So you see the media in a row. You see, like, you know, kids' family and Nico's family in the front row. You see uh, the podium, and that's kind of all you see. Some people saw that. I think, there, I think some people didn't see the families walk in, both Nico and Jason Kidd's family. You know, the first two yeah. rows were – uh, were blocked off from, from media and they were reserved and we're like, okay, I wonder who that's going to be. And it's kind of like the first row of that was some assistant coaches, which was a little bit telling that we looked at each other and like, all right, maybe this is a little hint of who's still going to be around. You know, Peter Patton was still there. DA, Sham God, uh, a couple of DK yep. and a couple other people, whole sopple. And then the families came out and Nico's family, Jason Kidd's family, Jason, you know, kids, and uh, yeah, it was kind of just set the stage for Nico and Jason uh, to come out after that. So those first two rows are telling that those family members are going to be there. It was a season ticket holder event. They had all the you know papers all over the seats that season ticket holders could come in and pick. And so they were there. Uh, it was a it was a circus, right? There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And then they walk in. Uh, and so I think that is important for some of the personal history. Jason Kidd stuff we'll talk about later. But uh, it's important to know the context of everything. But like Isaac said, we know a lot of the 
Uh, the coaching staff for Jason Kidd now. That's not something we knew necessarily going into the day, but Sean Sweeney was there. Uh, he we was, had a conversation he, with Sean Sweeney. He's been reported as an assistant coach. We can confirm that he's going to be an assistant <laughs> coach because he was there. Uh, so, yeah, we met him. And then uh, Greg St. Jean was standing next to him. We didn't know who he was at the time, but we went back and, <laughs> and looked it up. He's reported to be on the staff, so he was there in attendance. Uh, you mentioned Daryl Armstrong. God Sham God was there. Uh, Nate Hinton was also in attendance. He was, he was there vibing it up. He was he was hanging out. And so, uh, yeah, those are the, the people on staff. And then later, M- Mark Stein reported that Igor Kokoshkov is going to be an assistant I coach. I freaking love that hire. Which, Let's go. Which, like, if you're going to replace Jamal Mosley with somebody, how about, like, Lucas Coach? <laughs> right? Like, First question I have for Igor. So, be honest. Did you want to take Luka in 2018 yeah, over DeAndre sons. Ayton? Oh. And did they... Uh, but anyway, I'm, well, ex- I'm so all, excited. My firstborn son's name is Lucas. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so th- we learned a lot about that. I thought that was really important. So th- all those people were in attendance. I thought that was great. Uh, on the podium, if you did not see, if you haven't seen the clips and stuff, you'll see a couple here if you're watching on YouTube. But on the stage, it was Mark Cuban, Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd in the middle, and then Sint Marshall, the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks on the right. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's start with, this is a roster construction question that I asked to, uh, to Nico Harrison. Nick Angstead, Locked On Network. This question is for Nico. What do you think this roster needs as currently constructed to is win that a the title? same shirt? Ooh, that's a good day. question. Honestly, uh, Jason and I and, and Mark, we've all talked a lot. Like, I'm excited to get my hands and watch Jason get his hands on the roster because I really br- believe when you, when you change the culture, when you bring in servant leadership and constant communication, I think the whole, the whole team is going to rise up, uh, like, overnight. I really believe that. That was an interesting answer to me. Uh, coming up, we're going to get into why that answer is interesting, the roster construction, what it means, uh, how can this team actually get to be a title contender, and then so many more questions about Haralaba, uh, Chris Porzingis. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, quickly, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to put some money down on sports. You can go right now, check out some of the odds. You can check out uh, odds for the NBA Finals. Let's check right now. Suns, minus 155 favorite. I think that raised since yesterday when we were checking it out. But 155 for the Suns. If you're looking just game to game, the Suns are a four-point favorite at home for game five. So if you want to go put some money down, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. You put in 100 bucks, you get 50 bucks free to play with and to use here. They have props for the Olympics, the NBA draft, NBA futures. So you have next season, Brooklyn Nets are plus 275 favorite to win these the, the 2022 NBA championships so all that stuff bet online your online sportsbook expert all right Isaac Harris let's get into that clip that we just heard from Nico Harrison the question that I asked him I asked him what does this roster need to win a title and he talked about vibes Isaac <laughs> he talked about vibes vibes are immaculate baby how much do you think that was a deflection of him just not wanting to say players or how much of that do you think is actually true? Um, well, yeah, I think it, there's a couple of different angles to that question that I uh, thought was fascinating because you go back to how Donnie used to take that answer uh, or take that question. Mm-hmm. Donnie used to give specific, not players, but examples of you know pieces on the roster that, that we'd need after the end of the season. Like, hey, you know, exit interviews. What's the next step for this matter? We need more shooting. We need a vet. We need some toughness. An enforcer. We, yeah, yeah we, we need some rebounding. Like, it's stuff like that that we've been accustomed to hearing Nico taking the more vague approach. But I don't know if, like, Nick, Nico's answer was like, oh, oh, okay. I guess this is uh, him saying, you know, 
we believe bringing in servant leadership and constant communication in these things is that implying that this stuff wasn't there before of like and his belief in we want to change the culture and that when you change that culture big time change can happen so i think there is some truth to hey we want to see like the young guys luca that was kind of a constant theme of you got to give us a little bit of time to evaluate things. Let us see the players. Let's meet them and talk to them in person. Let's see these young guys play in summer league. So then let us kind of evaluate the roster. So I think it was vague on purpose, but I also think there was some truth to it. The vibes are immaculate. He answered the question, basically, what does this roster need? He said me, right? Like he said, me and kid, that's what this roster needs. I thought that was interesting. I, I think I like the, the confidence in that, but I also am interested to see how they're going to change it because at the end of the, at the end of Rick Carlisle's tenure, I mean, it was it was we were done with it, right? Like, like it was done. I think players are done with it, and there was something there that that's hard to come into work every day to be excited. You wonder why these players didn't necessarily give their all in some of these random games, the Thunder game, the Rockets game. People were all frustrated about like. If you don't have a coach that inspires you, you like to play for, if you're frustrated going to work every day, how many of you have had a bad boss or a supervisor or somebody that you don't like? Uh, are you super motivated to work really hard, right? You Even even if you have personal incentive to be good at your job, do you, do you still come into work every day excited? Or if you have freaking Ted Lasso, like the complete opposite end of the spectrum, would you come in and just be super stoked every day and try your best and all that? Uh, I'm not saying Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison are Ted Lasso, but they're somewhere in between Rick Carlisle and Ted Lasso as far as the EQ warrior end of it. But yeah, I thought that that answer was pretty interesting. I, I do think that they think that the roster needs something, right? Like they're not trying to say that the roster is perfect as it is and they could win a championship today, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think when you approach a, a presser like this, I don't want to say you approach it with a grain of salt, but I mean, for even we're going to talk a lot about the KP stuff. In, it's in for PR. First part. But like they're going to say a couple of these things like, and if they go out and trade KP in three weeks, like, are you completely shocked just because they said some of the things they said today in the presser? I'm not like, because that's what you got to do. Like, that's what yeah. you're going to support your guys, your teammates and all of that. So I, yeah, I don't, this is what the route they got to take. And they don't want to burn any bridges the first day, right? Like yeah. Kale bridges, yeah. miles bridges, any of those kind of bridges. They don't want to burn those because what if you, or like, yeah, we need, you know, we need a better, you know, we need a better big man rotation. And like all of a sudden then, then they don't trade any of those guys. And then they're Maxie and Dwight and KP are trying to figure out which one they were talking about. Right. Like there's all those kind of things. It's a song and dance. You have to play a little bit, but there's uh, something like those of building relationships. And I know we're going to laugh about Jason kids, like car analogy. That was a little cringy and uncomfortable. I guess I was the best word. Be able to touch the car. <laughs> um, but I think there is there's truth to that, right? Of when Kid was talking about Luca, saying I've yeah. admired him for far. I've seen like he has been like I've seen poetry in motion. Like I'm sure they all they know about the roster, but are they in a spot right now, like just getting started and all this, to be able to have like huge opinions and big decisions about the roster? I don't know. I think they there is a learning curve, learning window that we have to like give them time on that. Yeah, true. How long have they had the job, right? I mean, they, they may not have looked. Uh, Nico Harrison, though, did say he has evaluated this draft class. Uh, he answered to, to Rafael Barlow, who is uh, our Locked On NBA draft podcast host and draft junkies. Uh, we had three Locked On hosts there. I was pretty proud of us. I was like, yeah, yeah let's go. So, And all of us asked the question. 
he asked the question, have you evaluated this draft class? And Nico Harrison said, I've evaluated the last 19 draft class because he, you know, since working for Nike, that's what he, that's what he did. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. So he's doing the work, right? It's not just that yeah. he's, Oh, he's friends with everybody. He's going to come in and just shake hands and kiss babies and all that. Like he's actually has, has done the work and he's not I, coming in from, you know, sizing up a, a shoe of for an eight and a half for a 16 year old <laughs> to run an NBA team. It's not. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. Go listen to our Nick DePaula episode. If you haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really pertinent to this, this, you know, conversation, but sure. uh, so yeah, there. That's what Nico Harrison said about the roster. Uh, then there's a question asked to Jason Kidd about Chris Porzingis. You know, something about Luca and KP's relationship, and then how does you know how does KP fit on the roster? Kind of how do you you how do you make him work going forward? Kind of a deal. Uh, and it was a, a a negative leaning question, and so then Jason Kidd answered it this way. But the important part about this clip coming up here is not Jason Kidd. But who answered the question to interject when Jason Kidd tried to answer? Big, big time quote. Big time quote. I said it earlier. I think we're excited about KP being healthy. I think he's excited. He's ready to work. Um, and I think you're going to see a different KP. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think I can add much more than what Jason said. I think he said it perfectly. Yeah, I, I would like to add something on KP. I think he's been unfairly maligned. You know, during the playoffs, he did exactly what he was asked to do. Exactly. He put team first and he put his own personal statistics, knowing that people were going to give him a hard time because, as he said to me and others, he just wants to win. And to Jay Kidd's point and Nico's point, this is going to be the first season with the Dallas Mavericks where he's coming in healthy. And he's able to work on things other than just rehabbing to get his body ready, to, to get stronger, to work on his game, something he has not been able to do. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I even hear from my own son and, I, and I've got to sit him down and say, you don't understand. Right. You know, to Jay Kidd's point, he's you know, you can't teach seven foot four and you can't teach shooting. You can't teach his ability to create shots. But now he's going to have a chance to have some continuity, and that's something he has not had since he's effectively been a rookie. And so I think, you know, with what J. Kidd and Nico had planned, um, the ability for for um, KP to work, you know, I think him and Luca are going to be a lot better together. And as as a team, to to Nico's point, I think you're going to see a lot of things that are going to make us far better as a team. There you go. Mark Cuban coming in and answering the question. So you got an answer from all three of the of the brain trust from there, right, uh, on this question about Chris Porzingis. So, man, there's many directions you can take this in, but his defense of Chris Porzingis means something, right? It it yeah. does mean something. We not, we're not sure 100% what it means, but it does mean either he's defending Porzingis because they're going to keep him and they're like, we need to, to boost his ego back up, boost his confidence back up, all that kind of stuff. And he needs, you know, he, the Mavericks best case scenario is him being back and being a hundred percent and being the KP he was in the bubble last season. That's, that's the KP we need back. And so he's either trying to do that or he's defending him for his trade value, right? Like saying that's the reason why he didn't, he played poorly. He was doing the things he was asked, which is true. He was doing the things that he was asked and all that kind of stuff. But I found it very fascinating that Mark Cuban would interject like that just specifically to defend Porzingis to the media, to fans, and his own son. Like, right? like he defended yeah. him in that answer on three different yeah. you know, mediums right there. 
I'm picturing his son giving him a hard time, be like, "Why is KP doing this in the playoffs?" And Mark defending that, but like, it's all true though. Like, no matter if we want to debate, you know, the the motive behind it or not, like, all of it's true. He did what he was asked to do in the playoffs. It's true. And we didn't, you know, a lot of people were like wanting more, but if Rick was asking him to stand in the freaking corner and just take corner threes, then he was doing that, and his answers reflected that in the playoffs. Like, we even talked about if you go back to our pods of. How he was answering those questions, how more positive, like, hey, I'm, I want the team to win. That's the number one thing. He was saying all the right things compared to maybe some of his answers that were out of frustration earlier in the season. So I, he's saying everything that's true. All the stuff about him going into this offseason, the first healthy offseason, the kid talked about, and now he can actually work on his game this summer compared to just spending time rehabbing. I've said that point. I agree yeah, with that. So, like, all of that is true. It's just a debate on, you know, however you feel of, Okay, well, why why would he go all the way to say that? I think that's just up for debate. And this is where I go into of like, even if like I'm assuming that yeah, they want it to work and they want it like cool, let's do this, him and Luca together. But even if you do have the slightest thing in the back of your mind of like, you know what, we might trade him one day. Like this is the route you got to go. So like, yeah, this is the only route for you to go is to go out and, and praise him and let him know that you know. This has got back to Porzingis today well, somewhere. The other the other route you could take, and on Locked On NBA today, Adam Mars made this point with me. Uh, you could take the Doc Rivers Ben Simmons approach if you wanted to. Okay, right? well, you could take that approach and be like, yeah, he was the problem, right? Like you could take that, but I, I didn't think Cuban was going to do it in this setting. No, 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 no. But <laughs> no, I thought that was a really important moment of the day, like a top three moment of the day that mm-hmm. Cuban interjected like that and said all everything it did and went to bat for KP. You're like, you know, this got back to KP today. Somehow somebody texted sure. to him. He was watching whatever it is. And you know, that made him feel good because he like, like he said, he knew all the stuff was going to come at, at him when he, you know, decided to, Hey, I'm just going to do what coach says and everything. Now was coach asking him to do those things because he was struggling in some other areas. Good chance of that, but still, I, so anyway, I thought I thought that was a, a great quote from Cuban today at that moment. Absolutely. Coming up, let's hear about Bob Balgaris. This is another big quote from the presser that people are debating and talking about. And then Mark Cuban also in this answer talks about the uh, the hierarchy, the decision tree basically for the Dallas Mavericks. So we'll get into that. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. They're really good. I eat them almost every single day. There's the mint brownie bar. That one is great. Uh, you can get it right now. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar for a bar that tastes that delicious is insane. And I do not understand how they made them, but they're great. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order with Built Bar. They also have this thing called Built Boost. I kind of like this. This is like a crystal light with a little caffeine and it tastes pretty good too. You can pour it into your drink. You can check out that. They have all kinds of different products like that on Built Bar. So it's not just the bars. They, they're, I think they're rebranded to just Built now. They're not just Built. They're not Built Bar. They have so many other things. So go check that out if you're interested. They have Built Bites, Built Broth, Built Boost. All kinds of different things. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off. Again, LOCKED15 is the promo code BUILT.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the uh, question for Mark Cuban about Haralabal Garris and the hierarchy decision tree for the Dallas Mavericks. Lynn Sherrington, Dallas Morning News. Mark, is uh, Bob Garris still on the payroll? You know, I, I don't talk about anybody who's on or off the payroll. You know, never have, never will. So, because that just starts a slippery slope. Uh, so can you talk about the hierarchy then in the front office and how that will be? The hierarchy has been pretty much the way it's always been. 
me, Nico, J-Kid, Sint, you know, there's there's no big change or anything. There you go. And there's Dorothy waving at the end there. <laughs> you guys can see, can see her waving there. I thought that was funny. Uh, Haralba, do we know if he's on the payroll anymore? He said, I do not t- I do not answer whether or not someone is on the payroll. Well, somebody sent this tweet to me today, and they're like, the Vin Diesel one? <laughs> no, not or the Pitbull one. So I want to, you know, be able to touch the car. <laughs> uh, somebody Diesel. sent me the tweet today of saying it was Cuban's response of saying, "I don't talk about anyone who is or is not on the payroll." And somebody said, "Isn't that like all of humanity?" And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing. Who I, said that to you? Shout I, them out. I'm not gonna lie. This answer was uh, a little. I, I don't know if Cuban. Uh, I think. I just don't understand. I don't understand not talking about somebody is or is not on payroll when you do talk about Nico. And I think the easier answer in that would just be like, Hey, like I'm just not going to address that situation. Cause he talks about people. That's it's what he on, said though. Like the situation, not the is or is like, he's not going to talk about it because it's a like who is or is not on the payroll. It's like, but we're talking about Nico and Jason kid. Like you, you'll talk like, he talks about people that's I mean, on his payroll. On, we know they're on the payroll, but it feels like this is like talking about, uh, you know, did you fire this person? Like, I'm not going to talk yeah. about, you know, I'm not going to go into that, blah, blah, blah. And even, it's but almost even like, though, it's almost like, I'm not going to talk about that man's money, right? Like it almost felt like that kind of an answer to me where you're not going to get into that business uh, and all that. I, I think this answer though does tell us he will not be around the team, right? And I think that was clear from well, like, I, as I soon as- yeah. As soon as the article dropped, it felt like he's not going to be sitting courtside and all that kind of stuff. He may still be involved in the organization, which is that a, is that a terrible thing? Now that we've seen like the record with like DeLon Wright and, and Josh Green and all those, all those different decisions that were made. I'm sure a lot of fans, that's why they're frustrated about her all about the most. Uh, if he's just away, if he's not bothering Luca, right? Like if he's not, if he's not sitting there courtside, is it? bad to still have him around i'm not well, do you have the clip of when he's answering the the hierarchy question not that that one but the the clip in which he says hiring you know nico and you know with great responsibility basically who's going to be in charge where he's setting back oh he like, sits well he, he said i make the decisions because it's a lot of he made a joke like it's a lot of it's a lot of money so i make the decisions it comes down he, to me. yeah but he we went into that a lot of and i thought that quote was really telling in that if you know, hiring Nico of saying he's going to let Nico, he was trying to say like, I'm going to let Nico run the show and make decisions because Nico was introduced as the GM and president of basketball yep. operations. Somebody yep. we did not see today, Michael Finley. Um, yep. But he was introduced was both of those, but like a lot of decisions, you know, he was, he was, he's had this quote for Nico of like with great responsibility, you know, comes like, I have to give them the authority to, but also at the same time saying, I, but I'm the guy who's going to sign off on $200 million decisions and it's going to yep. come back to Mark. So I think these, these, this dialogue circles around who's making the decisions, right? And if Bob is, we just don't know what Bob is. Like Bob could be back next year. And if this is going to stay the approach, then none of us will ever know. Unless yep. like somehow, like, I don't, I don't think any of us expect him to be on the front row again, especially with how Luca feels about him and all that. Like that's we- just, 
Yeah. We talked to Tim Cato during our green room at the end of it. If you guys want to go back and listen to that as a podcast or as a video, at the very end, we we brought in Tim Cato. He was driving home, uh, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know if Bob is still on the payroll. He did the whole story. It was his story that he wrote, and he doesn't know if he's still on. So it's and Cato made a joke on there that Bob posted posted a picture of himself in Greece with his dog right yeah, after right. he right after that question was answered. So if that tells you anything, then maybe uh, the other thing is: Do we know if? Hrabat was on the Mavs payroll or was he on Cuban's payroll? And maybe he doesn't want to say that. I don't want to say who I'm paying or who I'm not paying as a contractor or whatever, you know, they're not officially on the Mavericks books. I think he was with the Mavs. Okay. I'm just saying there's a lot of possibilities with this, but uh, the answer to the Hrabat question is we don't know. We still don't know if he's on, if he's on or not. I feel like a lot of, like, I feel like I get that tweet once a month or once, once every week or so. Like, well, there's there's one, there's one one Twitter account uh, that tweets every single day that I follow a Mavs fan saying, this is day, whatever that Cuban has not addressed the employment of (laughs) Paul Paul Garrett. And (laughs) And this will be another day in the counting of that, of that that, Twitter. That count's going to keep going for a while, buddy. So, uh, a couple more random thoughts before we move on to part two. Cuban specifically mentioned when when talking about Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle, you know, the decision to move on from those two. Cuban specifically stated, with Coach, I didn't make that decision. Again, stressing that that Rick Carlisle left on his own accord and he was the one that, that made that decision. Uh, I thought that was interesting that he clarified that and made sure to say that distinctly. For sure, yeah. Distinctly, that, distinctly. That and, you know, the Donnie Nelson move saying, hey, the GM move was my move. I felt like we need, he yep. said, I felt like we need a new a new voice. Uh, he cited that the league has changed and how you build a roster to win a title has changed and players have changed. And he said, we need a new, a new tool set now. And so, yeah, he talked about that. I also want to say, as we near the end of part one, we're going to talk about you know, Jason Kidd off the yeah. court, domestic violence, all of those answers in part two. Part two we, will basically be a whole Jason Kidd pod. Exactly. We we talked a lot about that on in Green Room because uh, we did that Green Room right after uh, the presser. We had a lot of questions about that. We addressed a lot of that then. So you can go back to that pod. We're also going to talk about part two. So I just don't want anybody listening right now saying, why didn't y'all talk about that? It's like, actually, yeah, right. we're going to be talking about it in two different pods, one that's already dropped, another one that's part two of that. So yeah. Uh, that that is coming but there's so much stuff from this so much stuff with developing young players josh green got you know a couple shout outs today about just how they're gonna how they want to develop these young guys and give them a chance to see what they got jason kidd had a a great line for josh green say we want to develop him and help him get to that next level um like we did with Giannis and Middleton, he specifically mentioned those two guys as guys that him and Sean Sweeney, who's going to be an assistant coach, developed in Milwaukee when they were coaches there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what. Yeah, he was talking about. Will jo- I don't think he was trying to say Josh Green will be Chris Middleton, no, but no, just but, the fact that like, and he he made it clear that like they're not they weren't responsible for where those guys <laughs> are at now, but they were there at the beginning. He's like, we were there at the very beginning when those guys came in and helped that progression. So. I think that that's encouraging to see like, yeah, they're, they're really taking pride in the developing aspect of the thing. Yeah. There you go. Again, go check out part two on YouTube, on the podcast, wherever you get it. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. I lived in Dallas and I had the opportunity to work with Finn, to work with Dirk, to work with Nash. And the city is amazing. Um, my roommate in college is from here and two of my teammates that I played with overseas live here, so I feel like Dallas is home.